0: You've joined us for Church Online today. My name is Luke Betker, one of the lead pastors here at Slay Church. With me here, one of the other lead pastors, Brandon Richardson. We pastor together with our amazing wives, Victoria and Emma. And we're excited for what God's going to do today. We're standing here right in the middle of the Slate studio. And listen, we can't wait for what God's going to do. It's going to be amazing. I'm expecting for what God's
1: going to do today. I'm expecting as well. Come on, it's going to be awesome. And we're changing our language a little bit. (laughs) Last week, we had a bit of a tally going for how many times you and I said excited. It was a lot of times, man. Yeah, we ran out of fingers and all the rest. But this is week two of Slate Church Online. Yeah. And we're really, really expecting about what God's gonna do here. And uh, we're here. Um, everybody's ready. We're excited for uh, what you're about to experience. And if we lean in, we'll get back uh, what, what we're uh, willing to get out of it. Listen, if you're. Uh, tuning in right now, and you've never filled out a Connect card, we want to encourage you, go on uh, onto our website, slatechurch.com slash connect, and you can fill out an online Connect card there. That'll give us the opportunity to actually follow up with you, make sure that you have all your questions answered about who we are as a church and all the rest. Also, right now is a great opportunity, no matter when you're watching, to invite somebody. Yeah, you know, it's really cool because we've actually got
0: an invite button in the chat, And so why don't you take a moment right now, hit that invite button, send somebody an email, send somebody a text message, invite somebody out because they don't want
1: to miss what God is going to do in our church today. So make sure that you do that. Hey, posture is so important when it comes to worship. So we're going to encourage you, stand up where you find yourself right now. Unless you're driving the car, you need to stand up right now and begin to lean into all that God has for you because as we begin to lean in, God will begin to show up in your life because he's been there the whole time, but we need to become aware of all that he wants to do.
2: Come on, with one voice, we're going to sing, there's a sound. There is a sound I love to hear. It's the sound. See I'm not the only week as a church we take some time to celebrate what God is doing so here's one of the praise reports from this week someone is thankful for their connect group where they can be vulnerable and open with each other someone else is thankful for the breath in their lungs a voice to sing and a chance to live another day I know I can take that for granted but I'm thankful for that too today we also take some time to pray for some of the needs in our church and here are some of the ones that came in we're praying for strength for someone whose father is ill. We're also praying for the rise of COVID cases that God would bring healing and an end to the virus. I know just these are just some of the prayer requests and praise reports that have come in, but we're gonna pray with full of faith today that God is going to move. So why don't you stretch out a hand towards the screen? And if there's a need that's not been represented, why don't you stretch out another hand as we pray? God, I thank you that you are a miracle-working God. We thank you that you are all-powerful, almighty, and that you can move in these situations. So, God, we come to you full of faith, full of expectation, knowing that you can move. We pray that you would work miracles in these situations, that you would move mountains, that you would do what only you can do, God. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Are whenever you're watching
0: this. Let's continue to press into the presence of God.
4: Come on, let's sing this together. God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant.
0: We're actually going to continue in worship right now in this moment as we gather around our giving. And just to encourage us in our giving, I just want to read some scripture to you. I want to read to you 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Hey, what a word that is. God loves a cheerful giver. Not a cynical giver not a negative giver not an i have to giver but god loves a cheerful giver as we give to god today as we bring our tithe that tenth to god today let's do so with hearts that are filled with joy let's do so with a cheerful heart god loves a cheerful giver i already know that we're a church that is marked by cheerful givers And you know, the giving of our church is absolutely amazing. And it allows us to do exactly what we are doing right now. It allows us to do Slate online. It allows us uh, to have our city impact team go out on our serve day yesterday where we were actually out in our adopted neighborhoods and we were at the food bank and we were serving our city. We were making an impact on our city. And so listen, let's give today with a cheerful heart knowing that it's going to glorify God, it's going to reach people, and it's going to make the name of Jesus known all over this world. So there's all kinds of ways to give, and they're up on the screen right now. But I just want to pray over our giving today. So why don't you join me in prayer? Father, we just thank you so much that we have the opportunity to give. We thank you, Lord, that we are so blessed, and may we just be a blessing out of the blessing that you have given to us. Father, as we give today, as we bring our our tithe, Father, we just pray that we would do so with cheerful hearts. Lord, let us see the joy in this moment, that this is an incredible act of worship. Father, we just pray that you'd bless it. In your mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, hey, if you're at our watch party, why don't you go ahead and grab a seat right now. Say hi to somebody as you sit down. But I just wanna take a second. And I want to tell you about some of the really awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. I want to tell you about two things, two simple things. The first is Slate School. Hey, we love Slate School. We had an incredible term this past summer. And listen, this fall, school's in session, all right? And we're excited for what God's going to do in Slate School. We have got our theology boot camp back by popular demand. It was an amazing time, and we're excited for that. We've also got a course called Financial Freedom. We're really excited for what God's going to do in that as well. Both of these courses begin October 12th, and so you got to make sure that you get yourself signed up for Slate School. We're really excited for what it's going to be, and so you can sign up at slatechurch.com slash slate school, and listen, you don't want to miss out on this, so make sure you get signed up It's going to be an awesome awesome time second thing i want to tell you about is something that we can't wait for and this is for all the women in slate church we are having l night and it is going to be incredible it is happening friday october the 23rd friday october 23rd we are having l night across the city okay it's going to be an amazing amazing time make sure you register for this more information is online. Follow at L Conference on Instagram. Stay tuned. There's going to be merch coming out. Come on, who doesn't love some merch, you know? Uh, so you don't want to miss out on that. You don't want that to sell out. Uh, so follow all the updates on social media. Head to our website for even more information. But make sure that you register for L Night across the city. It's going to be, like, like honestly, it's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal time. And we want to see you there so make sure that you do that There's all kinds of great things that are happening in our church and we're excited for what God is doing but I'm really excited for this next segment that we have at church online today it's a segment that we call the interview and today Pastor Jared is going to be interviewing an incredible person in our church and I know that you're going to be encouraged by it so hey Pastor Jared why don't you take it away and uh and listen I'm really excited for what this is going
5: to be so why don't you take it away man Thanks, Pastor Luke. Hey church, how incredible is this that we actually get to hear a little bit from the life and and the story of somebody in our church. We've got Tanner here with us today. Come on, can we give it up for Tanner? How great is that? Tanner, um, I think a lot of people in our church would know you, but I think not so much uh, the depth of of all the stuff that's going on in your life. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your faith journey uh, today?
3: It's a pithy question. yeah, no, I appreciate it. it um, it's funny when you asked me to do this, I was like, man, Jared must have asked a lot of people and then came to me because I'm like, ah, I don't know, like I grew up in the church and like, I don't know, what, what's my testimony? Um, but I, I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, yeah, like maybe give a quick overview. I mean, I grew up in the church, my dad's a pastor, so my earliest memories are, are at church. Uh, I can count on probably one hand the number of Sundays I haven't been to church or tuned on online somewhere. Um, but uh, my journey at Slate actually is probably a good representation. Of, of what my journey, my faith journey has been like. Uh, so, I mean, I've, I've grown up going to church. It was very habitual for me. Um, and I came to Slate about a year and a half ago uh, because my dad, who's a pastor, I've always gone to his church. He went on sabbatical. So he was on sabbatical. I was like, yeah, I'll check out some other churches. So with Slate, I came to the morning service. starts at 11 a.m. I'll show up at 11.01 because I'm just like, I'm here to consume the service. I'd get in and then, you know, service is ending. Pastor like, you know, if anyone wants to give their, their life to God, I'm like, done that. I'm out of here. Uh, and then I, I'd, I'd cruise out of there. And I probably did right. this for like two, three months. And then this one time I was cruising out of service uh, right at the end and Peter Mullen sees me and he's like, hey, I've seen you before here. So he pulls me in um, and he's like, oh, you should join a connect group. And I can hear the service wrapping up and people are starting to file out. I'm like, oh man, my cover's going to be blown. Like I, I'm not going to be able to just slip in and slip right, out. Right. Um, so he, he starts talking He's like, oh, you got to fill out this connect card. So I fill out the connect card and I'm thinking, okay, I'll fill this out and then like not return their email um and I'm, this is really bad that i'm saying all this but it's <laughs> no, no no but and then uh so then he introduced me to nate lambert nate lambert is uh one of the site pastors here and he pulls me into the connector connect so i started doing that and that was really an inflection point for me because for so long i'd just been coming to church consuming and i kind of compartmentalized it where i'm like okay the absence of sin my faith to me was like the absence of sin but i'm not sinning right then, okay, good, I'm, I'm in good standing with God, right. and I just, like, keep going. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'd always judge things uh, in my life for the longest right. time. Uh, and then Slate really challenged me, like, no, get, get involved. It's not enough to just mm. consume the word and just live in my little bubble right. uh, and try and obey the things I see in the Bible, keep reading, reading Proverbs and just do Proverbs. Right. Um, right. So, uh, so that, that was challenging to me. So i I mean to show up to Connect Group, but I've been doing that for a while. Yeah. And then Nate challenged me, hey, why don't you lead this Connect Group with mm. me? and started doing that. Mm. Um, and, and that's been really uh, good for me just as a, as a growth trajectory. Here I am, yeah. I'm like 27 at this point. Right. And I feel like it's just the last year and a half or so, or really the last six months to a year mm. that I feel like I've really taken ownership of my faith. Wow. Uh, and it's not just, hey, I grew up in the church, so therefore I continue to believe, right. but really taking ownership of that. Yeah. And then the other thing I, I think about is, okay, what can I be doing for the church? Like, how can I mm. grow in this? And that's actually good. not just compartmentalize it, but have that as like permeate my whole life. Right. Um, and that's been cool. And I would say that the going to uh, an online setting yeah. uh, has been a- another one of those inflection points for me mm-hmm. because it gave me the tools I felt to be able to uh, be more representative with some of my friend group. Right. And, and something that I had been thinking about uh, quite a bit recently is, is the opportunities that this has birthed. Like we can look at it where mm-hmm. COVID is a challenge. Now we're not meeting in person. So then therefore it's like, okay, we're just gonna consume this service uh, online and it's not the same, Uh, but that really is an opportunity. And one of my my favorite uh, lines is like, Winston Churchill said, never waste a good crisis. And I think that Slate is a great example of not wasting a crisis, Mm. not not just saying, okay, let's just like show up to church, let's videotape ourselves, put it on YouTube and then do the thing. Um, What we're seeing is this inventive type of service. And this has had a profound impact, not just on me, but my ability to be an extension of the church with other people. Uh, And and what's really really cool is uh, is the ability now or like there's a lot of friction to show up to church if you've never been to church before. So for me, I was always worried like, yeah, like, you know, this faith thing's cool. And I was never that outward about it. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, oh, I've got like some biblical tattoos on my arms. Like people kind of know where I stand. Right, like, right. you know, they'll they'll ask me if they want to know about God. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't going out of my way to actually like do those things. Right. Um, and now what it is, is it's so easy to consume this content mm. and being intentional about that. So with COVID, it's like, you know, we're all in this isolation. And one thing I started to do for myself was once a week I would set a reminder in my calendar and I would just text a few people uh, that That's I hadn't good. talked to in a while. And it's just this constant reminder. Yeah. And then what I started to do is, hey, I have this, this content with Slate and it's so much easier to consume that. And mm-hmm. there's a low, low barrier to be able to, um, to bring that into people's lives. Right. Where I'm not saying, hey, like, take your Sunday, come with me to church, like, show up to this building with these people right. and that like, you don't know any of them and I'll introduce you to a bunch of people. It's okay, yeah. like, hey, I can send you this content but then taking it a step further, what I'd say is, like, be intentional about that, too. Right, Not just right, say, hey, right. hey, here's the link. Like, check it out. Yeah. Being, like, being intentional about watching the service and saying, in the message, like, hey, here's something that I think might resonate with you. And then send yeah. it to, yeah. like, hey, here's this video. Fast forward to, like, 34, 24 right, and watch right. for two minutes. Let me know what you think. It's and good. engage in a dialogue there. Yeah. And that's what I found was a big turning point. What's been really cool is in the last, um, I would say, like, three months, there's been at least three of my friends who I've had been friends for over a decade Right, knew where I stood with my faith I knew where they stood that they yep. were not interested yep. and one by one they each reached out to me and were yes. like hey um, can you like I've been just thinking about this, this whole God thing. Like, can you share some of this? And I start talking about this idea of, like, connect groups and being able to do community together, and that's resonated, or sending these services, and that's been really cool. So I would just say, like, you know, my testimony, like, it's more so just (laughs) I I have, like, such an appreciation for everything that's happened here at Slate because it's challenged me. Mm. You know, I I tried to walk out of the lobby, and then Peter Mullen grabbed me and said, no, 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 we're we're going to bring you in here. And then Nate Lambert saying, hey, let's step into a leadership role and start leading this connect group. Right. and that, that has challenged me from a faith perspective mm. uh, to be able to go deeper in my relationship because of that community and then to be able to have this as a tool to then share with other that's people and, and I've just seen it uh, in spades with, uh, with my yeah. friend group
5: yeah it's huge man how great is that come on um, yeah, I mean, like, just getting to know you in the last, like, year and a half, I've seen just a lot of the manifestation of what you're talking about there actually kind of uh, come to be in your life, of just kind of being that slip-in, slip-out person, to actually really uh, being a, a pivotal part in a lot of the thinking of things that we do here, a lot of the heart behind what we do here. So I just want to thank you so much uh, for taking the time to share your testimony here today, but also for taking the step that God was leading you in to actually get invested into into the local church's powerful stuff.
3: Yeah, I appreciate it, and it uh, it really speaks to everything that's happening here, and the community, not just yeah. the uh, the. Pastor and everything, but everyone at Slate. So I appreciate that. It's
5: good. Come on. I'm going to throw it back over to to Pastor Luke here to lead us in the rest of the service here today.
0: Well, hey, thank you guys so much. That was incredible. Uh, Tanner, thanks for sharing your story, man. That is amazing. Appreciate it. Yeah, wherever you are, put your hands together, even if you're by yourself. Uh, That was incredible. What an awesome story, that that was. And you know, there's many more stories like that in our church, and we just love what God is doing in our church. And hey, right now, I'm really excited because it's time for the word. And I really believe that God wants to speak to you right now. Whoever you are, whatever your past has looked like, whatever has brought you to this point, wherever you may be watching, you need to know right now that God has a word for your life in this moment, and I want to encourage you to just uh, have an expectation and just uh, just listen to what God wants to say to you today. Now it's time for the message, and we're going to have Pastor Emma speaking to us today, and Pastor Emma always brings so much wisdom and, and, and so much power through her speaking, and I'm really excited for this. And so, hey, Pastor Emma, we can't wait for this. We're excited. Over to you. Take it away.
6: Amazing. Thanks so much, Pastor Luke. So good. Listen, church, I am so excited to be speaking to you today. Whenever you're listening, wherever you're tuning in from, if you're at a watch party, if you're at home on your couch, if you're in your office, wherever you are, I believe that God has a word for you today, and I believe it's going to encourage you, and I believe it's going to affect your week, and it's going to affect the people around you. You know, it's important for us to remember, church, that when we hear this word of God, that it doesn't come back void. And if we are open to it, it can change us and move us from the inside out. So listen, if you have a Bible with you, why don't you open it up to John chapter 16. I'm just going to read one verse off the top here as we jump in. Chapter 16, verse 33, it says this, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Listen, if you're taking notes today, why don't you write down this title, Disheartened But Not Defeated. Let's pray together, church. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to to speak, and I pray right now that you would work in people's lives uh, all over this uh, city, all over this province, all over this country, wherever someone is tuning in from today, God, would you just speak to us today? We are open to hear it. In your name, Amen. 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 Well, listen, in April 2019, I found myself sitting in a coat room at Maxwell's Concerts and Events, our Waterloo, uh, one of our Waterloo campuses, one of our locations in Waterloo. And I was sitting there on our Heart for the House Sunday. This is a a, a Sunday that takes place uh, once a year annually, this above and beyond giving opportunity. And it is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. It is a powerful day where people are sacrificially giving into what God is doing. And we have seen incredible generosity on those days. We have seen so much going on. And it was in the 6.30 p.m. service, our last service of the day. So much was happening. So much was going on. And people were praising God, people were excited, people were leaning into the message, and I was uh, uh, sitting in the coat room. Uh, You know, I found myself that day looking a little bit different as April 2019 looks a little bit different than where we are right now in 2020. I was counting on my watch and timing contractions as they were coming in full force uh, in that coat room. And I could hear the service ending, and I'm like, okay, thank you, Jesus, and, 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 and in pain and keeled over. And, and as the service ended, the team uh, started to, to come into the coat room. We were doubling it as a green room, and they're all celebrating. They're excited. They're talking about Heart for the House and what's going on. And every couple minutes, I'm just uh, counting and breathing and trying to make this happen. And I turn, I remember turning over to my husband, Pastor Brandon, and saying, Babe, I think it's time. And it was not my first rodeo, okay? I had two other children in the past three years at this point. And so when I said, It's time, he said, I'm getting the bag. I'm getting the keys. Let's get in the car. We're getting to the hospital. And we flew out of there. We drove to the hospital. We got in the room. People are, like, praying for us. There's all these things happening. We got into triage. I got all hooked up. And I turned to Brandon and I said, babe, I don't think it's time. <laughs> I don't think it's time yet. The contractions had slowed down. Nothing was happening. I was like, it is not time. False alarm. She is not coming. We had to, you know, text out to everybody, start a prayer call chain to make sure everybody knew it was not yet time. And I remember uh, coming out of that hospital room and coming out of that hospital and driving through the McDonald's drive through at like midnight because it had been a long day and we were getting some food. And I just felt frustrated. I felt a little bit embarrassed, I felt tired, and I felt a bit disheartened. I wonder, church, have you ever felt this way where what you experienced and what you expected just didn't line up? Perhaps you've been disheartened in your career or in your education and you're just going, I didn't expect it to be like this. I didn't see it going this way. I thought I'd be further ahead by now. Why don't I enjoy this work anymore? Have I made a mistake. Maybe you felt disheartened in your marriage. I thought that I loved this person and now I don't even feel like I know who they are anymore. Perhaps there's dishonesty, apathy, insecurity, or a lack of intimacy that you're struggling and wrestling with and you're asking yourself what happened here. Maybe it's just in general in your life you're feeling disheartened. I just didn't expect this. Is this all there is? What do I do now? You know I want to encourage you today, listening that you are not the first person to feel disheartened. If we turn to Scripture, we can actually see people time and time again who are feeling disheartened. You know, we have David in the Old Testament and his story in 1 Samuel. And David is tending sheep and his brothers are out in, on the battlefield. And David, the youngest in his family, goes out and basically brings his brothers some lunch. He's going, what the heck is going on here? There's this giant beast of a man that keeps coming out here and taunting you and arguing with you and and egging you on. And all of you are cowering in fear. We have the Lord God who fights for us. What is going on here? And Saul, King Saul gets word of this and brings him into his office. You don't want to go in anybody's office, okay? You don't want to go in the principal's office, and you certainly don't want to go into King Saul's office. And he's standing before him and in 1 Samuel 17, King Saul says to him, but you are but a youth against a skilled warrior. Basically saying, this man is going to kill you. He is going to take you out. Why are you talking like this? Why do you think you can do this? I'm sure that kind of feedback left David a bit disheartened. You know, we see Joseph also has some animosity with his brothers and his brothers sell him into slavery and in Genesis 39 we see that he is serving in Potiphar's house and he is wrongfully put in prison because of a false accusation from a jealous and insecure woman who says that he did something that he did not do don't you think that Joseph might have felt a bit disheartened as he was in that prison We see Joshua in Deuteronomy, he had been wandering around the desert for years and years under the leadership of Moses, and they had come to the edge of the promised land and decided not to go in because they were afraid what was on the other side. Don't you think he would have felt disheartened? You see, the incredible thing that we see in these people in Scripture is that they were disheartened, but they were not defeated. They were looked down upon. They were wrongfully convicted. They had an uphill battle in front of them. So what made up the difference? What's the difference between the person who pushes into what God has for them and the one who slinks back? You see, these people did not allow a feeling, a circumstance, or a thought, no matter how valid, determine their future. You see, when we look at these stories throughout Scripture, of all the people that we look at as heroes of the faith— what sets them apart is that they don't get stuck in the reality of their circumstance. You see, sometimes we can become so defeated by our situation that we forget who is actually leading the battle. You know, a concept that's often talked about in psychology and counseling is this idea of externalizing. It's taking a challenge or difficulty that you're facing and pulling it away from your identity so you can talk about it without feeling like it is so close to you. You can actually deal with the challenge and the problem. It's really helpful in the work that we do in counseling. But one metaphor that is often used in this idea and is not always helpful is the idea of the battle. You might have talked about this in your own life and thought about the things that you're facing in the same way. That there is something in your life that you need to fight against and conquer in order for you to become free of it. The fight for your mental health, the fight against a certain habit or addiction, fighting for your family. But see, the problem with using this idea of Uh, conquering or fighting is that when it comes back, and it often does, you end up feeling defeated as though somehow you were tricked, as though somehow you thought you won, but you were taken from behind, and, and you let your guard down, and you did something wrong, and it brings in this shame, and then it takes a lot to muster back up the courage to actually step back into it again and try to fight again. I wonder if you've ever felt like this before. Like you've been fighting a battle for a long time, but you just don't feel like you have the strength to do it again. Maybe you've been addicted to pornography at some point in your life or just had this uh, lust, an issue with lust, and now this temptation is rearing its ugly head again, and you're going, I just, what the heck? I just don't want to deal with this again. Maybe you're, you're in a battle of infertility. And you just don't know if you can keep fighting, if you can keep putting that good face on month after month, after you're seeing those pregnancy announcements, after you're seeing those things come out, and you're so disheartened and frustrated. Maybe you feel like you are taking ground on the relationship with your kids, and then they do something, and it throws you off, and you get mad, and you're angry, and, and you just feel like you don't know if you can keep doing it. You're tired. You're worn out. You're frustrated. You're disheartened. You know, I think that using the metaphor of conquering is problematic in so many ways when we are referring to ourselves as the commanding officer, the one with the sword, the person that is coming up against the giant. But you know what? It, it might be your battle, but it isn't your war. The reason why David, Joseph, and Joshua can keep their feeling, their circumstance, their thought from determining their future is because they recognize that this isn't their war. Their trust is not found in their ability, but God's infallibility. Joshua was commanded, do not be afraid or discouraged. In Deuteronomy 3.22, it says, it is the Lord who goes before you. You're going to face the battle. You're going to go into the promised land. You're going to see the giants there, but do not be afraid or discouraged. The Lord was with Joseph. Genesis 39.23, it says, whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Joseph was in the prison and he was leading the, the, the whole charge there. He wasn't even looked at. He knew they trusted him. Whatever he touched, the Lord made it succeed. David knew the Lord would win his battle. He said in 1 Samuel 17:37, in King Saul's presence, this is the king of Israel. He says, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me. From the hand of this Philistine and he slayed Goliath with get this a stone these are not just highlight reels in the lives of these men these are stories that are all throughout scripture and over and over again we see God's ability to defeat any circumstance these people find themselves in you know I wonder what is your battle today are you disheartened Now, can I get real for a minute here, church? I have felt so disheartened lately. You know, 2020 has been a year that none of us expected. I think that's safe to say. I know I'm not alone in feeling a bit disheartened by the circumstances that we find ourselves in as a society and as a world, no matter how you feel about it, no matter what you think about it, no matter what news you read about it, no matter where you stand on it, it's different from what we expected And it's easy to start feeling discouraged by our circumstances. And just trying to make the best of it can feel taxing. You see, church, I don't think that God is just calling us to make the best of it in this season. I think he is calling us to lean into him like never before. I wonder, will you allow this moment in history to cause you to close in, make yourself as small as possible, hide away? I know for myself, I say this to Brandon often, you know, when when there's challenges in my way, when there's unforeseen circumstances, when things come up that just feel too hard or too big, I just want to close myself in. I just want to hide away. I just want to pull in my kids and my husband and just like eat spaghetti and close in every night and lock the doors and not let anyone come in. But I know that that is not the response that we need to take on church. I wonder, will you hide away or will you put your trust in Jesus? Pick up your rocks. Take up the calling of your life in the midst of the prison. Step into the promised land full of armies who are looking to kill you. Their plan is to take you out, but you know that God is in control. You know, you might wonder, how can you possibly have so much confidence in this. How can you possibly know this? Church, it's because God has won the ultimate battle for me already. And he's won that ultimate battle for you as well. You see, from the outset, the story that's near the end of all, of, all four Gospels, these first four books of the New Testament talking about Jesus' life, at the end of those books, in the chapters that are just before the end of those, it looks like there is ultimate defeat crucify him the people chant this man who had done nothing wrong they wanted him dead they even let a guilty dangerous man free just to finally defeat jesus he's whipped he's beaten he's stripped down he has to carry his own cross that he will then hang on and die the irony and the defeat he yells out my god why have you forsaken me and then he dies. He's pulled down, put in a tomb, and a guard t- is set to watch over his gravesite so that no one could steal his body. The ultimate defeat. But do you know what, church? He didn't stay dead. Although on the outside, uh, on the outset, it looked to everyone that death had won, that sin had the final say, we know that the story isn't finished there. We know that victory comes in. Because when the woman and the disciples went to the tomb, he wasn't there. He had risen. He had risen. You see, through Jesus' death and resurrection, he had conquered death and sin. We were utterly lost without God, with no chance of freedom, but he made a way for you and I to be in relationship with him, and we have a hope that brings all of this together. We don't have to live disheartened. We can feel it, but we don't have to stay there. We get to trust God who ultimately went to the cross to save us this is the good news of Jesus this is what it is all about it's as simple as that he meets us with grace and unconditional love no matter where you've been or what you've done what you were doing last night what you were thinking this morning how you've behaved for the entirety of your life he knows you and he chooses you and loves you every time. You may not have had anyone choose you in your life. You may have been rejected time and time again. You might not just be defeated from your own volition. You might feel de- defeated because of the people around you. You might feel de- disheartened because no one has chosen you. I want to tell you, if that's you today, God chooses you. Jesus died for you, and his grace meets you where you are at. In John sixteen thirty three, it says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I just want to encourage you today, if you feel disheartened, like there is a giant in front of you, armies surrounding you, or you are locked in the prison of your situation or your mind, know that the battle isn't yours to carry. The gift of God is eternal life, and he has overcome. He has overcome. You know, maybe you're watching today, you're listening, maybe someone just sent you the link, maybe you've been tuning in for a while, but maybe you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. This idea that He meets you where you're at, this idea that His grace is enough is new to you, or maybe you're actually just realizing it for the first time. Listen, I want to invite you today to make a decision to follow Jesus. It's so simple. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. We need to believe in our hearts. We need to speak it with our mouth and we will be saved. That means eternal life with him. That means that we get to spend eternity in heaven with him. But it also means that we got to walk free today. That we recognize that this battle isn't ours. That this war is not ours. That we don't have to be defeated or disheartened because God is with us. So listen, if that's you, wherever you're at, if you're watching it online, you can go ahead, and if you're making that decision, just click the, the, the button that comes up in the chat there that you're making a decision to follow Jesus. If you're at a watch party right now, and this is you making this decision, with every eye closed and head bowed, why don't you just raise your hand out? We want to symbolize that we are making this decision today. And I just want you to repeat after me. And if you're already a believer, why don't you repeat this prayer with me, just in solidarity with the people that are making this decision for the first time. Why don't we pray? Jesus. I thank you for choosing me. I thank you that you defeated sin. Today I ask you would take my sin and throw it as far as the east is from the west. Thank you for forgiving me. I'm choosing to believe in you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. What an incredible decision that you just made today. And listen, in a little bit, Pastor Luke's going to give you some more information on that, and you're going to you're going to know what you need to do there. And more information is going to come up in the chat. But today, I also want to pray for you very quickly. If you are listening to this message and you are just going, "Hey, I feel a bit disheartened today," I just want to pray for you and encourage you with every eye closed, Jesus. For those of us feeling disheartened in this season, God, I pray that you would remind us that we are not defeated, that you are victorious, that you are the winner, God. In the end, you win, Lord. You are with us through it all, God. And we don't have to be uh, pulled back by our circumstance, our thinking, our emotions, God, but we can just recognize that we can put our trust in you, God, the one who is good, the one who is gracious, the one who is victorious. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: On, sing it out. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he to see.
1: incredible time of worship what an incredible time of of just uh leaning into god's presence that we've had here today come on can we just thank emma for an incredible message and uh just being able to lean into uh the word that god placed on her heart today hey we're back here with the debrief and uh i mean it was a great message you know uh disheartened but not defeated
5: i wonder today what is the biggest thing that stood out for you guys I think um, one of the things that she said, Pastor Emma said it almost in passing towards the end, but it just resonated in my in my heart and in my spirit. She said, um, you know, maybe nobody in your life has chosen you, but God chooses you. And I think that that, that to me, I don't know, just the wording of that, that idea is so powerful that, um, you know, a lot of times you can feel overlooked in your life, especially when you're feeling disheartened by things. I know that Beth and I have had seasons in our life where we're just like, man, is anybody seeing what we're doing? Anybody seeing the work that we're putting in, the, the attitude we're trying to have, the things that we're trying to do to, to be obedient to what God has called us to? And, um, and you can just feel like overlooked and, and disheartened and frustrated. But just that idea that, hey, in all those seasons, God sees you and he actually chooses you. It was a powerful thing. Again, just said in passing, but just really resonated with my heart there. Absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Jared. What about you, Pastor Beth?
2: I think for me, it was that line of this may be your battle, but it's not your war. And just remembering the fact that God is so much bigger than what I'm going through. And especially in a year like this year, where it's been so easy to be disheartened by even reading headlines or scrolling on social media for a couple minutes, I have to remember that God is in control. One of the things that we often say at Slay Church is that we get to live on the victory side. And so for me, that's one thing that I've been trying to remember this year is just God is on the victory side. He's so much bigger than, than the things that we're experiencing right now. And I love that reminder of this is his war.
1: We got so much uh, positive feedback on the debrief last week. And I think it's because this is what actually happens in our connect groups is we have open and honest conversations. When Emma said that sometimes our experience and our expectations don't line up, I was starting to think about a whole bunch of different things in my life. And I think COVID 2020, that's an obvious one for everybody. I wonder if there's some things in your life this week that uh, you're going, hey, like I've been battling with the experience and my expectation not lining up. But I'm going to put this into practice there.
5: Yeah, I mean, I got one if you... uh well I mean like I, again you get you get disheartened with this this idea of um you know comparing yourself to the people around you and and a lot of people in in our season of life are having kids or are buying homes and i think some of those things have have been you know disheartening or, or frustrated the expectation that we have is god like Come on I feel like I should be further ahead right now I feel like I should be you know figuring things out a little bit faster should I have kids already should I have a house already you know um, and, and again we had a we had a great conversation about this this week and I think just that 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 beat of comparison can can begin to kind of take over your mind and, and really dishearten you for for what you have and what God's placed in front of you and I think what we've both been learning in the past couple of weeks as we've been wrestling with this over and over and over again is just this idea of of gratitude, just be grateful for what God's given you in the season that he's given you because it might not be what I expect, but it's what I have. And there's this quote, um, I don't know who originated it, but this idea of God won't multiply what you don't maximize. And so I'm going to maximize everything that God's given me right now. I'm going to be so grateful for it. I'm going to work so hard at what he's placed in my hand and not expect anything other than I have because... Uh, Like we talk about a lot of the times, like every day is a gift. Every breath is a gift. And so just keeping that perspective while being disheartened. Uh, But again, as Pastor Emma's saying, like it really comes back to this idea of, hey, God has already overcome all this stuff. And he's for you. He's chosen you. And so just lean into him and rest in him. Don't try to figure it all out by yourself. That's amazing.
1: Well, we're really thankful to Pastor Emma for such an incredible message. And uh, you know, it's your job this week to now put that into practice. And whether that looks like joining a connect group and making sure that you can actually have real discussions just like this, or perhaps for you, it is uh, reflecting on your life where there's aspects of comparison and expectation and experience isn't lining up. Our prayer for you as a church is that the message, this experience today doesn't end whenever you're watching this, but we actually put this into practice all throughout the week. I want to just speak to everybody that's made a decision to follow Jesus here today. And we just want to let you know that that's the best decision you could ever make in your life. Make sure you go to slatechurch.com slash connect and fill out our online connect card. Check off. I want to I learn more about Jesus. What will happen is one of our team members will actually follow up with you and uh, make sure that you have all you need on this new journey of faith. We know that through this experience, there's going to be people that go, how can I get involved in what God's doing through Slate Church? So make sure you head to the same place, fill out a Connect card. We would love to have you a part of the team. In an online season for all of us, um, you know, there is so much, uh, so many different ways that you can get involved in all that God is doing. And uh, we also want to let you know that there's actually next steps happening right after this if you're watching live. If you're watching live, you can actually click the link in the uh, comment section right now. And it will take you to a Zoom call with some of our leaders live right now. It will give you a chance to have some of your questions answered, for you to meet some of the leaders here at Slate Church, and ultimately uh, for you to be able to understand who we are as a church and how you can get involved. We would love to see you at Next Steps. Reminder, families. If you are not watching at watch parties, there's a great thing coming up for kids right after this. Um, I'm a little, uh, uh, yeah, a little biased, but Kensington, she's so cute when she comes up at the end. Church, it's been such a great time together. We're so thankful that you've been tuning in. Let's make sure that we keep sharing on social media. Let's make sure we're subscribing on YouTube and doing all the things that we can do because God is just getting started in our church. We love you. Hey
0: Kenzie,
4: how's it going? Good, 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 good. Hi, Slate Kids.
0: Say so Slate Kids is now. Slate Kids is now.